All right, we are back, and we're joined by Eric C. Karen. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Janine. Thank you so much for calling into our studios. Um, I was really excited when I learned about these uh, treasures. You're quite the collector. How long has this been going on? I, I, it seems like I came out of the womb uh, <laughs> a born collector. Uh, but uh, I'm going to turn 60 next Thanksgiving, and it will be about 55 of those years collecting. Outstanding. Now, your latest work um, is through Bonhams. Is it, has it been with Bonhams for a while? Well, uh, this is my seventh single-owner auction, uh, which simply means that the entire catalog is uh, my material. And um, uh, this is my third with Bonhams. And then I've got uh, the eighth part um, from my archive going at Heritage uh, in the fall in Dallas. So, uh, yes, uh, the short answer is yes, this is at Bonhams. Now, let's highlight some of these um, pieces that you have in here. You have uh, the sale of an Albert Einstein letter written to a young U.S. naval officer. How did that come about? Uh, I always seek to get the best content um, relating to all major events, genres, and famous people starting with Columbus and going right through the computer age. And when I saw the content of this letter, uh, although it was not uh, by any means inexpensive, uh, I knew it couldn't get much better than this. Uh, He announces, and it's a published letter, it's a famous letter, and he's writing right after World War II, and essentially he says that he's um, an atheist, but that Um, we have to admire in humility the beautiful harmony of the structure of this world as far as we can grasp it, and that is all. Uh, And uh, a similar letter earlier this year, but written in German, uh, that Einstein had written about God, brought almost $3 million. So I have a very low conservative estimate on mine of 100 to 150,000. And, you know, with auctions, you just never know. So somebody, uh, in any case, is going to get a treasure, and they may get it at at quite a bargain. This is, you know, I was blown away. The back of the book has this Albert Einstein letter. Um, What else would you like to share? There's so many things, obviously, in the book. But what are some uh, treasures that stand out to you? Well, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a strange thing because there are only, there are less than 300 items in here. But almost any genre that you can think about, and I'll throw out some some highlights in, in very different genres. I've got the uh, probably the earliest printed mention of Babe Ruth uh, uh, when he be, when he left St. Mary's a School for Boys and started playing in the minor leagues in a local Baltimore newspaper, and they literally say this orphan boy is is quite a pitcher. And we have uh, great hopes for him, and that's and that's from 1914. That is probably the only one in existence because uh, back in the day I used to purchase. Uh, now they digitize, but in, back in the day they used to microfilm these things. And I'm quite certain that even the institutions that had it uh, don't have this anymore. Uh, from the world of the Colonial and Revolutionary War, very strong. I've got a printing of the Declaration of Independence. 
I've got a John Hancock signed commission for the highest ranking general of the war, uh, Major General Benjamin Lincoln, who played an important role in the surrender of Cornwallis. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Declaration of Independence printing is from 1777 um, in the journals of Congress, and that's estimated at eight to 12,000. The, the uh, John Hancock is the nicest Hancock signature uh, of course, that's an iconic signature. Yes. This is the boldest, the nicest uh, on the on the on, on just great content. That's estimated at sixty to ninety thousand. I've got two Paul Revere items. Uh, I've never seen these before on the market. One is a rare variant of his famous uh, engraving. I guess you'd call it propaganda at the time uh, of the Boston Massacre. And, uh, and that was done in a very uh, obscure almanac uh, as a full-page engraving with text underneath. And then there's another full-page woodcut done by Revere of when the troops landed in Boston uh, years before Lexington and Concord in 1768. Um, it, Amazing. You know, I, I, I'm proud that this is uh, a, a, a very um, a liberal... Uh, group of material. Uh, it's strong on minorities. I've got a Kabbalah mm-hmm. illustrated item from Germany from the early 1700s. I've got um, probably the first organized women uh, manuscript that has been seen on the market. Uh, 1715, it's signed by a group of Quaker women, uh, and it's a petition. Uh, and that's the, you know, by far uh, the earliest organized women's attempt uh, that I've ever seen, you know, whether published or, or in, an, in private hands or in an auction. I've got uh, two incredible Mormon items. Oh, I see those. Um, I just flipped to that page. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, in, in that God theme, uh, I've got, the only rec- contemporary manuscript record of the last words of a major prophet from a major religion. Uh, it's a very interesting thing. It's a, there was a letter written about the murder of Joseph Smith, uh, the Mormon prophet, and his brother Hiram. But what the seller did not realize was that when you took the letter out of the envelope, if you took the time to open the envelope, Recorded in ink on the on the blank part of the envelope are uh, Joseph Smith's last words, citing Bible and verse, uh, and sort of warning of end of days uh, being upon us. Now it just might be that he knew end of days was upon him, but it is a, a fascinating unknown, uh, even to the Mormon Church, who collects so much history of not just their own church but uh, of everything uh, in terms of American history. Um, and then, I, then I've got a first edition Book of Mormon, which um, is about as early a Mormon item as anybody could get from 1830. The, the letter uh, with the last words of the prophet are from uh, soon after he was killed in 1844. Eric, let me interrupt for one second. Um, by the way, if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Eric C. Karen uh, about his incredible collection. Uh, were you a history buff when you were little? I mean, when did this come about that you gravitated towards this? Well, I think, you know, back in the day, uh, we watched a lot of what are, uh, I now uh, realize are um, very insensitive 
uh, what we used to call cowboy and Indian uh, TV shows and movies, and also um, swashbucklers. Uh, I'm dating myself, but they, they were old when I was a kid. Errol Flynn, pirate type movies, mm-hmm. and that I think stimulated my romantic interest in history. Then when I was 11, uh, I discovered uh, in an, a creepy old house that looked like uh, right out of Psycho, uh, uh, there were uh, defunct Brooklyn, New York newspapers. I grew up in Rockland County, New York, mm-hmm. and I carried home one summer several times, I don't know, uh, probably close to my own body weight's worth of uh, very brittle newspapers dating back to ancient history for me as a kid which meant 1890s, and now this catalog, uh, the earliest item in it, dates from the uh, early 17th century, and it's about what's now known in uh, the U.K. as uh, the gunpowder plot, Guy Fawkes Day, and it's a period-colored broadside. Um, and then I, and I go right up now through the computer age and the space age. So there's an award for Buzz Aldrin in this mm-hmm. bottom sale, which, by the way, is their first, uh, a book sale online. Uh, so it's, it's going to mean that anytime there's a first, it, it should mean there are going to be opportunities for people to, to get tremendous bargains. Uh, although I've told you about some high estimate items, there are many things in here that if I were, uh, if I would, were to come across them, I would pay double the estimate. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I won't be bidding on my own sale. But I've got the letter from the computer age in which the inventor of ENIAC finally gets his patent oh, yeah, I see almost 20 years, 20 years later. Uh-huh. Uh, Eckert uh, was the co-inventor of the, uh, of the computer. I've got Buzz Aldrin's award for walking on the moon with Apollo 11. Yes. I've got a signed cover uh, from that near-tragic Apollo 13 uh, flight. Uh, I think they made a great movie about that, and it's signed by all the astronauts who fortunately survived. Right. Uh, what ties all this together, uh, Janine, uh, is that it's all, um, and, they, and this is how all my auctions have been titled, How History Unfolds on Paper, from the Eric C. Karen Collection. It, it's social history, it's sports history, it's military history, it's Western history. I've got the death of Billy the Kid. I've got a broadside, which is a fancy word for a poster on Custer's Last Stand. Mm-hmm. I've got some wonderful Native American photos. And then I've got some material that's really timely for what's going on now. Uh, there's, there's some items that really make a great defense for what you all do in the media uh, and, and that show what an important role the media has always played in building this nation and forming it. Um, I have the local Virginia newspaper, Virginia Gazette, talking about the famous convention, the Virginia Convention, where Patrick Henry famously gave his give me liberty or give me death speech. Uh, I know that is also the first time and probably the only time anybody will have the opportunity to own that newspaper dating from from 1775. Uh, I have have, um, the first uh, comic strip. I've got a candidate for the first comic book. it, you know, uh, people only think they're not interested in history because it's often taught in a very dry way. And I must confess, I, mean, I was not uh, big on my history classes in high school or college uh, because they were so dry. 
but when you read the originals or view them, if they're graphics, yes, I, I, I've got incredibly gory, uh, and, and now that it's, time has passed, romantic illustrations of the Jack the Ripper murders in a local London illustrated newspaper. It took me decades to find this bound volume that covered all the Jack the Ripper murders. It's called the Penny Illustrated Paper, and it was the equivalent, uh, I suppose, of you know, what are called rags today. Mm -hmm. But, you know, even a paper like that that was very sensationalistic helped uh, create this awareness uh, in Whitechapel and in all of London and indeed internationally that this guy uh, calling himself Jack the Ripper was on the loose and we better be careful. Uh, From the world of science and technology, I've got a stock certificate for Edison's uh, phonograph, uh, newly invented. Uh, so, yes, I... Quite the collection. Um, Huge collection. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, people have asked me, why am I selling? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I thought there were uh, young people like me who would always be young and old people like my beloved uh, grandparents who would always be old. Yeah. And uh, that that system worked in my head when I was closer to 5 and 11, but now approaching 60... Um, I really want these things to find good uh, collector homes or institutional homes, as many of my things have. Uh, Ex- excuse uh, me, the Eric. The museum is actually built around my first collection. Excuse me, Eric. I have to interject because we have to wrap, but unfortunately we're about okay. out of time. But where can people find out more about you? Okay. Uh, the, the sale is at Bonhams Online. Okay. And that's spelled B B O N H. A-M-S. Okay. The sale uh, starts March 16th and ends March 14th, and it's the Eric C. Karen collection of how history unfolds on paper, and I wish everybody a lot of luck. I hope that at the very least they found this interview interesting, and I appreciate your time. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for calling in. Have my a, pleasure. Have a great day. Bye-bye. That was Eric C. Karen calling in to talk about his collection, his seventh collection. If you missed any part of this, it's up on my show blog. We've got to get out of here. Sheldon Abbott is standing by with Cure for the Blues. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.